From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fire some freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What is up out there, crew? Time for another Clover Tack Podcast. It is june the 2nd 2022 it is every second matters so happy evidence to every second matters if you're not familiar with every second matters well you can always be a part of that there's no centralized organization or anything else it's all about taking the second out of every single month and uh, just promoting the pro to a pro firearm lifestyle on social media or maybe reaching out locally whatever you feel like doing uh, do that, do it in a positive way. And, uh, yeah, all that good jazz. So we, uh, want to thank as always our YouTube channel members, our Patreon patrons, not necessarily in that order. Those that super chat, those that super thanks those that shop clovertack.com slash shop. Thank you very much. Going to have pretty good, uh, conversation. I think here for about the next hour, our guest is, uh, Tony Simon found for found the, uh, largest firearms instructor in the world from the planet love tron and my brother from another mother and father here he is tony what's happening bro <laughs> what's going on clover i'm just enjoying myself man i just finished uh self-defense gun stories i uh, recorded an episode with rob morse i think it's our seventh year doing this so if you don't know what it is it's four different uh, civilian self-defense firearm stories uh, read by a different instructor every week. We give the good and the bad, what they could have done better, what they did do right, and what we can learn from it. So it's kind of like four incidences of Monday morning quarterbacking. And people say it like it's negative. I'm like, no, no. The reason we do Monday morning quarterbacking is so we can improve our game. Yeah, And right. that's why we do this, not to disparage people but to encourage people that regular citizens can and do uh, use defensive firearms to keep themselves and their families safe. Yep. Anywhere, anywhere from, depending on the numbers you look at, a half a million to about 3 million times a year. Uh, but even at a half a million, that's a, uh, that's a huge number. Very much so. And I think it's important to encourage people to not think you have to be a Navy SEAL trained army sniper delta force commando to actually defend your loved ones right so go ahead right, right, well i'm just gonna right off the bat let's uh let's let you give your elevator speech i don't know who would be watching or listening to this that does not know tony but i know you've got that elevator speech locked and loaded you've given it so many times uh throw that out there real quick and we'll uh we'll jump into everything else we're going to talk about tonight Second is for everyone, Diversity Shoot is what I do in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Started in 2015 to introduce people, regardless of race, religion, gender, however you identify, or your background to firearms, the firearms culture, Second Amendment advocacy groups, and to educate people about their Second Amendment right and their human right of self-defense, teach them how to actually fight for those rights, and also, we have a good time at good ranges, shooting guns, having fun, eating pizza, having a great time. And it's a family-friendly event. We invite people and their families and their friends out. And it's all for the low, low price of 20 bucks. So we have my volunteers come out. You shoot their guns. We have a good time. You take a bunch of pictures, blast them all over your social media, and come back and do it the next time. And the whole point is to introduce you two guns, advocacy, and the community. And let people know that stereotype of every gun owner is a middle-aged white dude that hates everybody that's not a middle-aged white dude is a damn lie. And uh, pretty much every, well, one, everyone that comes to my event and volunteers does it because they want to welcome all people. And, and we've had a great time. We've been doing it for seven years now. And we've started, we started doing it every other month. And in, in this year, we're doing it twice a month. Wow. So we've gone from six events to 24 events a year. It's very successful. And I invite people to come out and participate. 
My next event is June 9th at Gunfire Range in Woodland Park, New Jersey. Tickets are on all of my social media. Simon Says Train on Instagram. Simon Says Train on Facebook. And second is for everyone on Facebook. So we'll have the links. Oh, yeah. And second for everyone on Twitter. So we have the links. Click on it. Buy your tickets on Eventbrite. And I've also got wherever you're watching or listening or whatever down in the description below, I've got the link to diversityshoot.com as well as Tony's Instagram. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more about that later. Um, this weekend, I know I was at Tony. I was down at the uh, at the NRAM in Houston. You were supposed to be anyway at uh, Katie's uh, train and learn, and I heard you had a, a series of events that caused you to miss that, unfortunately. Um, I, I was blessed. Man. <laughs> I was really blessed. Um, I'm a procrastinator. I waited too long. I had my tickets on Expedia already. It was three fifty the round trip from Philly to uh, St. Louis. I was like, all right, cool. And they send you, you know, updates on the price. Well, they never sent me the update that it went from three fifty to nine fifty. Whoa. Yeah. So all of a sudden, that took it to a whole new level. And then I contacted the hotel and it went from reasonable to almost $250 a night. I'm like, okay, I should have booked this last year. Well, <laughs> you, know? you know, here's the thing, Tony. Not all of us require this big, huge, fancy jacuzzi bubble bath. Um, <laughs> and we know we know how you like those things. And I think those hotels, they may charge an extra four or $500 a night for that amenity. So you might have to do without those moving forward, Tony. <laughs> man i was i was i was actually angry with myself because it was wednesday night and it just it just kicked me in the butt man because of course i'm looking forward to this kd and his uh his event i've been going to since 2019 and i was really looking forward to it because it is a quality event man where you meet a lot of people network meet a lot of companies learn the business of not only advocacy but being a just a business owner and someone in the firearms realm, including content creators. So you have all this information that you can just suck in on a holiday weekend. And he keeps it small, like 50 people, like no more than 50 people. So it's not really clicks and it's easy for you to work your way through it. And they make sure you socialize and work with others. And then you go out to dinner and you go out to breakfast so it's really a tight event, and uh, I missed it, <clears throat> but luckily I've been going to enough of them, and everybody was tagging me and everything, so it was really great. It was right. quality stuff, though. Well, you know, so let me ask you this question. Money being no object, could you have made that trip? Yes. So... I figured that would be the answer. And so I'm going to follow up by that. You know, I talk about, talk about all the time about, you know, you guys, of course, doing the thing there in New Jersey about KD, you know, there's, there's so many uh, people doing so many things and no, we're not talking about gun tubers that are talking about, you know, the shenanigans and, and grandstanding and, virtue signaling that are going on on c-span today we're talking about people like tony on the ground getting the work done um and unfortunately people throw money at the big three-letter organizations that do nothing or uh at least do very little as far as you know actual boots on the ground work um they do assist a lot of times. Some of those do. A lot of them do things in the court. That's not, I'm not saying that's not valuable. I'm just saying that people oftentimes will donate a lot of money to those organizations when I think they could set aside just a little bit uh, to to fund the folks like yourself. And that's one reason I wanted to mention uh, down below in the description wherever you're at, diversityshoot.com, to, uh, Tony's uh, uh, Instagram, get with him. Um, if you want to help, help throw some, some money that way, uh, to that point, Tony, you told me that you've got, uh, you've got some news. You've got a, a party, a party happening or something. I'm not real sure what's going on. What, what, what do you got going with the, uh, Instagrams tomorrow morning or tomorrow sometime? Yeah. Tomorrow when I kick it off, it's going to be a contest of shot show swag. So we're going to have it as 20 bucks. You send it to my PayPal and just write shot show swag contest. Mm 
And we're going to give away a really cool swag that I picked up at SHOT Show just for this. So it's a whole bag of stuff you would have gotten at SHOT from different manufacturers like Grey Ghost Precision, uh, Condor. Uh, geez, I have uh, no idea. Radical Firearms. Right. Yeah. Maximum Defense. It's uh, patches that they gave away. It's books. It's swag. And I picked it up because I know a lot of people like your stuff. So for a $20 ticket, whatever you want to call it, um, you're going to get a chance to win this, and I'm going to mail it out to you. This is going to last a week. So we'll start Friday and then either next Friday, next Sunday, um, we'll end the contest. And I have enough swag that we can do this a couple times. The fun is going to help me with my next event. I'm talking, I was talking to Clover about how to set it up on Patreon. We're going to do that too. Um, but I set it up because I think funding is a real issue, man. Going into my events, I spend 100 to $150 on soda and pizza at the right. event because I really believe it's important that we break bread together and you break down walls and you actually have conversation with people that you might not agree with politically on anything except the second amendment or they want to get to know you and and we get people together we break out the pizza and we let them converse with each other i don't force it but i go around the room and i have conversations of what brought you here um and we just talk about that like regular people not people typing and attacking each other online but face to face you know like we used to and uh you get to know people and, and, and you can talk to them and find out what they really want when they're not yelling out whatever their political party indoctrinates them with. Right. Like, and then whew, last, but my last event was the day of the shooting in Texas. I didn't know anything about it because I was on the road all day doing things and prepping for the event. So when I walk into the range, the usual cheerful staff, had this look on our face like we all did when we found out and it was still going on. So of course my event starts in like 30 minutes and I'm trying to take in this information and you know how the news was that day. Oh yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> so all of a sudden I had a whole bunch of new people who I did not know come in and I have to talk about the elephant in the room as we're talking about second amendment and our rights and uh, ability to bear arms. And I got really lucky uh, because uh, one of my volunteers is a trainer for military police and civilian police. And he was able to talk about the failings of the local PD that we knew the first day. And I was able to talk about securing schools because my regular job since 1993 was is uh as a locksmith and what i do is design locking systems for institutions and also commercially uh for uh, even residents but one of my jobs when it happened back in the day was to secure an entire school system i went to everything and i i, I audited them found out how they could secure every door we provided the hardware and installed it and this was in the early 90s Mm -hmm. So when, again, initial reports were coming and someone had propped a door open and left it propped open, I'm like, understand security is an inconvenience. Okay. And the people that put you most at risk are the people that that security is supposed to protect because no one wants to run around the whole building to get to their car. So they'll prop a door open. Or they'll hold the door open for somebody because they think they're being polite and this person has their hands full and they just allowed them to breach security. Right. So we talked about it from that point of view. And also, again, we knew the police waited a really long time to go into school. And we talked about it from you're on your own. You have to be able to protect yourself because you can't depend on anyone else to do it. And then, of course, with my current job, I work with law enforcement. and being a trainer, firearms trainer also, I've spoken to and talk about training at work with law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these police officers are not as well trained with firearms as they should be. Look at me trying to be tactful. Um, <laughs> right. But they're not. No, they are not. And it's a thing to them. It is not 
it is just another thing they carry on their belt. It is not a lot of us, especially on your show, you know, to watch this or, or like guns. Like it's a fun thing for us. It's entertainment. It's a hobby. Uh, some people it's a lifestyle, but to a police officer, it's just another thing they have to carry and clip on. I would say most of them. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's just not something they prioritize, including being good with them. So you have to depend on yourself. And that's the angle we went at. And luckily, people understood it because, again, we're speaking face to face. You can feel the room. You can talk about how I love kids, too. You know what I mean? I want children to be safe. The bad part about it was I didn't get a chance to put it in perspective and my feelings, you know, come to come to a point that I was able to express my feelings about how horrible this thing was. Right. And, and it really sucks because dude, you have to humanize this. These were children, man. And this is a horrible human. And, and I started getting angry and I had to check myself because I had something to do, but I started getting angry looking at the police going, bro, you were in the building, man. Mm -hmm. Um, let me explain something. I would have done whatever I could. And, right. and it's not bravado talking because, again, we've all been reading social media stuff. Oh, you guys think you're big, brave. You know, the keyboard warriors come out and attack us. Right. And I'm like, no, I have a skill set and a tool. I might not win. Just because you own a firearm doesn't mean you'll win whatever altercation you're in. But I damn sure try. All right. And, well, uh, Anyway, that's what we did, and that's what we talked about. And uh, and it was really great, man, because people saw where we were coming from, and they had a great time shooting guns. And it took on a whole new perspective because right. it happened that day, and everyone was shooting. Not just happy they hit the paper, but they were concentrating on hitting bullseyes. And these were people that hadn't shot guns before, many of them. Right. It was right. great. Nice. Uh, we've got a uh, couple things out here. Let's, uh, let's clean those up. Keep questions and, and topics and everything else. Keep them coming out there for the live audience. If you're in replay video or audio, remember, if you join these uh, live, you get the opportunity to uh, ask questions and whatnot. Uh, so G-Web's out there. He says, I like what I hear. And I think we both know G-Web's does and says, and now I want to support this Tony guy. So how can I help him do more of what he does before Tony answers that? I will say uh, while Tony was talking earlier, he mentioned Patreon. I did add the two, a four E Patreon link down in the description below as well. So it's there too. So that's one thing, but uh, Tony uh, follow up on G webs. Uh, I'm sure you'll accept uh, cash in the mail or, or, However, whatever somebody wants to do, correct? Whatever you want to do, man. If you want my address, my mailing address, hit me up with a DM on any of my social media. I have a post office box set up just for it. Um, I also have, of course, PayPal on diversityshoot.com. So those are the two best ways to get at me. If you want to buy swag on Diversity Shoot, that's awesome. This great shirt right here, this doesn't get me any money. <clears throat> gun control equals racism. I make nothing on this. Absolutely nothing. It's my t-shirt guy who wants to do his part for the second amendment. So pretty much he was at cost $10 for a shirt. Well, the shirt itself doesn't make you any money, but having those shirts out there in the wild potentially can. And I say, make you money. Let's make a distinction. Tony is not the red cross. It's not like forever dollar. He's pocketing 99 cents and spending one cent on the, uh, on the goal in the project. <laughs> I'm spending every cent uh pretty much on the and project. Then, and then and then some, I'm sure. Right. Oh dude. I my wife and I actually had this discussion because we're trying to buy a house now and and, and we've had the up, uptick in events. And it's like these things have to break even. They have to. Um just to continue on because I'm doing so many. So yeah, I'm gonna need outside help because Different things happen, like in the summertime, less and less people come to an event because they have vacations and everything else planned. Right. And then, of course, with the uh, shadow banning that goes on on social media, especially now after a tragedy like this, anything with firearms, people do corny things, including report to me 
even though I'm not doing anything against anybody's community standards. Right. And because I'm only talking about the Second Amendment, I don't even get into party politics. Um, it's it's this is your right. Fight for it, however you can. Right, your guy. If he's your guy, write him anyway. Call him anyway. Let him know that he needs to stand up for the Second Amendment because every time there's a tragedy, these people get bombarded with calls, and many of them not from actual grassroots organizations, but by paid by billionaire organizations that flood them with phone calls, emails. And it makes it look like there's some kind of grassroots upsurge in anti-gun or pro-gun control stuff. And it's a lie. Right. So that's why we as firearms owners actually have to have been on these people's mailing list for a long time. Um, and also it helps if you donate to their campaign. It doesn't have to be much. But all of a sudden, when you drop in $10 or even 20 bucks. You become a donator. You become someone who's financing their campaign. Right. And all of a sudden, they pay a little more attention to you because there's money involved. So if you're going to participate in the process, please participate in the process. A lot of people, and again, I'm going off online comments, even during the best of times. My vote doesn't count. What's right. my phone call going to do? Uh, they're all the same. and They're all dirty. I'm not going to argue with you because I don't know your guy. I know my two state senate, my two senators in Jersey are virulently anti-gun and pieces of crap. But, and I'm talking about as human beings, if you know about New Jersey senators, you know, uh, both of them has admitted to sexual assault pretty much. Uh, Cory Booker actually used those words. And the FBI said something about Mendez actually had relations with 16-year-old girls in the Dominican Republic. And his comeback was, it's not illegal for 16-year-olds to have sex with grown-ass men in the Dominican Republic. Right. That was, he said it's not illegal there, so no harm, no foul. Yeah. So those are the people we're dealing with wanting to make gun laws and wanting to make the government the only ones that have firearms. But I write them anyway, and I call them anyway, and I'm on their mailing list anyway, because you have resistance, dude. I don't care. I, I'm, I'm one of them. Right. I'm standing up to you regardless. Right. And uh, we all have to do that. I'm sorry. Look, you, I, we don't like politics. We don't even want to be involved in politics. We just want to shoot guns and hang out with our friends. Yep. I don't want to do this. I'm not in the politics at all. It feels dirty. But. As an American, as, as I'm not going to call myself a patriot, but as an American, mm -hmm. it's my duty to fight for the rights of the generations to come. Correct. And I'm going to do that any way I legally can. And if it includes bringing new people in, telling them how to be advocates, telling them what happens if you're not using Jersey as the whipping boy of what happens when firearms owners are apathetic. I'll do it because this is what happens when you don't pay attention. Yep. When you don't keep a close eye on your politicians, you end up like Jersey. This didn't happen because our gun owners didn't care. Like, like gun owners want gun control in Jersey. No, gun owners didn't pay attention. We have a million gun owners here. Right? They don't vote as a block. They don't vote as a one issue uh, 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 voter. But I'm like, when are you going to? When is this going to be important enough for you that you go, holy crap, they're going to put me on a list. <laughs> right. I love that one. If you ain't on a list by the time you're an adult, what are you doing with your life? Right. Yeah. Do you not, <laughs> do you not, do you not pay a water bill? Do you not? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. What do you do? you stand up for anything? Right. Like what's important to you? Now, I think 2020, 2021, and, and pretty much, What's coming in 2022 has shown people that you may need a self-defense tool sure. in your life and you don't know when or how this may need to be implemented. So understand they've gone from no one needs an assault weapon to a nine millimeter will take your lung out. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> okay. Nobody tell this dude about 454 Casol. Right. But um, <laughs> they usually come in five shot single action revolvers. <laughs> right. That'll take your lung out and your wall. Right. But um, it's like we have to participate in this because they're going to come for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, regardless of your party, if we make gun control toxic to every political party, we won't ever have to worry about it again. But we all have to get on the same page and not let people distract us or divide us right. with BS. Mm-hmm. Just stick to the 2A message. Don't go anywhere else. Don't try to do the mental gymnastics to tie it to whatever your other favorite pet project is. If yep. we're talking about 2A, leave it at 2A. Yeah. Yeah. Because the minute. You go off, you shut down the whole conversation. Well, and I want to, we've talked about that before. I want to, I want to follow that a little bit before we do, uh, just real quick, uh, clean some house on some comments here. She fires is out there. What's up, girl? Uh, she says, I see the June event is six to 9 PM. Is this an outdoor nighttime shooting event? So explain a little <laughs> bit about the range conditions for she fires. Tony, if you would. Hey, she fires. Glad to see you out there. Um, it's an indoor event. All of our, our events are indoors. and uh, But it's at 6 to 9 p.m. at Woodland Park. And uh, no, we're not going to have any outside events unless we definitely won't have any outside night firing events because we're inviting new people who have may never have touched a gun before, and we don't need to throw all those complications at them. Right. Uh, and then uh, T2 out there saying, uh, you still do YouTube, Tony? I still do the YouTube. Simon Says Train on YouTube is my channel. Um, I post up uh, the show, uh, the podcast, the 2A4E podcast goes there. I think I did one like two two months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do one this weekend because so much has happened between the Buffalo, uh, New York City subway, California one that no one willing to talk about anymore. True. And and let's talk about the one that was avoided in Charleston, West Virginia, where the lady put an end to a mass shooting from a jerk off in a car firing an AR-15 at a crowd of kids at a graduation party. Mm-hmm. And you know why he did it? Because they told him to slow down driving through the parking lot. Yep. Something that simple. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, talking about, you know, mixing things around. So obviously it was at NRAM, uh, over the weekend, there was protesters there. Um, I would say Friday around the later lunch hours, um, was probably the busiest. Um, and honestly, that was when most of the politicians and other people were speaking. So more news crews there. It's all orchestrated. We know this. Um, but, you know, I, something that, that stuck in my crawl when you talk about mixing, they certainly do mix, mix stuff. And, and quite often our side is guilty of that as well. But it was one guy on Sunday, and I'll never forget this, never forget this, was across the street, had his megaphone, his bullhorn, and he said, uh, he was shouting, how can you be pro-life and pro-gun? And I'm thinking, buddy, um... You don't, did I ever say I was pro-life? Like, I, I, I'm, obviously I'm pro-gun. I'm at the NRA show here, so that's, that's on the, that's on the nose, right? But, I, I did, have you and I had a conversation about my feelings on abortion? Have I ever said that? You know, and our side does that a lot too, right? It's like, well, you know, you don't like, you know, this person doesn't like firearms, so they're automatically a liberal. So they're automatically a Democrat. So they're automatically like abortions. They automatically like socialism or communism. And it's like there's there's no mutual exclusivity to all of that stuff. It's like, you know, if you ever start, and this is why I don't like, we talked about it a bunch of times, Tony, about putting people in boxes, whatever that box might be. Stop calling people, you know, liberal stop putting people in boxes if they've got a view on the second amendment that doesn't align with your view 
Keep it on the Second Amendment. Don't go off into they, Matt, they this, they that, they this, because their Second Amendment views is different. Because, you know, you might have some common ground or gain some common ground on the Second Amendment issue, but you start interjecting all of these other things and you just muddy the water. And that's never going to happen. It just It's an ineffective approach, in my opinion. Oh, very much so. I walked in the work with uh, some co-workers who I really enjoy speaking to. These ladies are all social workers. Um, they have master's degrees. And they know what I am and they know what I do. I don't shy away from it at all. And we're going in. And I discussed just on the walk-in that I was hosting my event when this thing went down uh, in Texas. And I was like, it was horrible. Like, and they screwed up badly on every level. And one of the ladies went, they screwed that pooch really well, really hard, and really deep. <laughs> she was like, they did everything wrong. Now, if I would have jumped all over it because she's a libtard, she has a bumper sticker that says woke AF right. on the back of her car. Right. But she was right along with me talking about how we're screwed up. And I'm like, it's very much so. And she, we have conversations because we speak like people mm -hmm. and we both know we want the same thing. We're good. Right. We're right. good. And we don't have to vote the same, but we still have to live and work together. Right. And I think many of us forget that because we're so used to online conversations. Right. that you don't understand you have to live and work with these people in the real Dude. world and right. you should talk to them like that and sometimes there are people out there just like being online and causing crap uh -huh. and those people you either have to use them as a teachable moment or ignore them or even block them right you don't have to continue bickering with them page after page name calling right and all of that because really at the end of the day when you do that, you just look like two idiots in a meme war. You really do. All right. G Web's dropping down a bunch here. So we're going to do a uh, rapid fire on his stuff, I guess. He says uh, if there was a perfect range, indoor or outdoor, to hold the 2A4E diversity shoot, what would it be like? An outdoor range <clears throat> would be uh, covered. So we could have it without the sun beating down and people, you know, being distracted by being burned. Um, and that would help a lot with the concussion because when you're introducing people to firearms, uh, you know, the person in the next port shooting an AR-10 is scaring the bejesus out of them while they're shooting a 22 pistol for the first time. True. So yeah. outdoor ranges would be great. Uh, outdoor range also with bathrooms you could go to that were clean and had running water. Because you're introducing people again to firearms that have never been to the range in the backwoods and you pull up a tree to take a leak. Um, they're not used to that. So, yeah, you want you want clean range regardless, whether it's indoor or outdoor. Mm -hmm. uh, you want a pleasant staff. You don't want the grumpy old men, RSOs, walking around yelling at everybody. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> it's like it's kind of simple. But it's simple to us because a lot of us have been to different ranges and know what a good range is. But right. yeah, friendly staff, clean bathrooms. Um, well, I mean, it, it needs to. You're talking about people coming there. It's their first experience. So, I mean, it's a first impression situation, right? You want it to be, yeah. you know, I mean, you and I can go to a range that's very subpar and as long as we're left alone and out there pulling triggers it's like i don't care i don't care okay. how modern the range is or well staffed or if there's bathrooms even or as long as i can go behind a tree or i don't care right okay um but with new fire on owners you want to make that impression for sure with them i think and it definitely helps if um there's a gun store attached to it because now it helps the business itself out uh, it gives people uh, more guns to look at than some of my guys may bring. Uh, yeah, so really a well-stocked, clean range with a good staff that's friendly. Um, I've been to events where 
they didn't understand that. And the classroom was also these people's lunchroom. So, of course, it was trash. The microwave was disgusting. And I didn't have it. And they had garbage overflowing in the trash cans right by the door. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, And this was my first time hosting an event there. Oh. And I'm like, bro, you can't do this. You can't. You have to make good first impressions because I got soccer moms coming. I have people that maybe aren't pro-gun. And you're just living up to some of the stereotypes that are out there about gun shops, gun ranges, and right. gun people. Right. Right. Um, so what else? G-Web uh, said, if Tony was telling riding shotgun with Charlie, uh, seen him this weekend multiple times, said uh, <laughs> three, three guests to interview in the stagecoach. Who would they be? Where would they drive? And then what cars? So he's getting, he's giving you work for Charlie. He's making you work for Charlie, apparently. But uh, three guests for Charlie, where would they go and what would they drive? Well, the funny thing is, Charlie's interviewed most of the guys I know, including the volunteers at my events. Right. Um, (laughs) I still still hold the record for shortest ride ever. Oh, yeah? I'm, I'm proud of that one. Well, I hold the record for the biggest dude in the smallest no, SUV Charlie no. could rent. Oh, no, my God. No. Uh, bruh, I, I look like a Stay Puff Marshmallow man in that little SUV he rented. Um, Heck, I don't know because, again, like I said, he's interviewed most of the guys I know, ladies I know. Man, thanks, G-Webs. That was a good one. I'll have to get back to you. On that. That's yeah. That's one of them. That's like G Webs loves to throw stuff out there that you need. You know, you need an hour of uh, smoking a cigar and thinking about it to answer it. You know, uh, but that's the way he's, he's got oh, another let, one. Let go me ahead. say this though. Yeah, go ahead. Charlie went to my event, and introduced him to Sandy Zettelmeyer, and Sandra is a volunteer in Pennsylvania. She also is a girl with a gun. Yeah. She's uh, the Lehigh Valley Girl with a Gun chapter president or, or coordinator. They don't do presidents. They do coordinators. And she also owns Brassy Meet Sassy, which is her own training company with her and a friend. I introduced them at the event. Charlie was like, hey, we got time. You want to go ride and do a shotgun with Charlie interview? So he's interviewed people I've introduced him to. So uh, nice. hopefully that's one. Well, that's what it's about, right? The networking. I was just talking uh, about that. In fact, the last couple of days I've talked about that with, you know, with NRAM going. And it's honestly, it's more the industry side of things. But, you know, I mean, I love it because, you know, I won't get into to what, but I was talking with some industry people at NRAM and was, I mentioned the Concealed Carry Fashion Show. And that led into me having to pull Charlie to the side and Amanda Suffolk to the side and, talk about some things and then the next morning after the um fashion show we kind of got together because some of my contacts in the industry were curious about right about what was going on and uh was really showing some interest in that and i'm like you know this is what's cool about what we all do right we all have our our lanes and when those lanes intersect it gets really interesting and really fun because it's like well, I need help doing this, or I sure wish I could do that. And then the next thing you know, you're like, oh, snap, this guy knows that guy who knows that guy who can get this done, right? Yep. It's really worth it, dude. It's worth going to real events and meeting people because now you're on a different level. It's not somebody you watched on uh, YouTube. It's actually a guy you met and you had conversations with. And you bumped into, and if it's a multi-day event, even better, because you may have more opportunities to speak to them, bump into them, have lunch with them. Right. And now you see them differently. And, and you well, can work and you're able to, you're also able to talk about some things that a lot of times you can't really talk about when you do a setting like this. Like, yeah. you know, there's yeah. some behind the scenes things that, you know, <laughs> you, know you don't want, it's business related and I don't want to divulge that information or it's like, I don't know if this person wants this out there publicly, but um, you know, yeah, when you're in person, I mean, you know, all the cards are on the table at that point. You don't have to worry about, you know, that sort of thing, which is nice. Um, there's also things that you don't want to, you know, if you look, if you let that out in a public setting that, you know, we know that we do have, we have snakes and moles in our midst. We know this. 
Uh, we could call them rhinos uh, even if we wanted to, but we've got those types of people. And sometimes if we don't play our cards close to our chest, you know what I'm saying? With things we've got planned, moves we want to make, um, we got to be careful with that. And so an in-person event is a great way to talk about those strategies where they don't get out there for everybody else to see. All right. I like this next one. Uh, yeah. If Tony was going to Florida to train uh, in three classes with uh, the locked and loaded Latinos, Joe and Roe said, uh, who would he bring as the three instructors for what classes? So, All right. <clears throat> one, I would go with Ursula Williams, who's a uh, competition shooter. She's a friend of mine out of Arizona. She's also an instructor. She also did the uh, uh, concealed carry fashion show at NRA. And uh, Ursula's real cool people. She's a staccato uh, sponsored athlete. She competed on the world stage in three guns. She actually represented us in France. Um, so, yeah, I'd bring Ursula in uh, and I'd have her do the handgun. She could do any of the classes, but I'd bring her in for the handgun class. I'd bring uh, Akil. What's my man's name? Ah, Tailored Defense. Tailored Defense is uh, someone who I met in Vegas. He's a Green Beret. Uh, he's a uh, Worked as a medic when he was in the Green Berets. I forgot what MOS that is, but a lot of you guys probably know it. Uh, and now, and he works as an EMT uh, in the real world now after he retired. And he was actually at Train and Learn, and he was teaching his first aid. A lot of hands on, so I'd have him there. Um, and then for so he'd do the medical, Ursula do the handgun, and then I'd bring somebody in for ARs. Uh, just to run a rifle really well. And uh, just have so many people out there for that one. What the heck? I'd bring in KD. I'd bring in Kevin. Um, we've worked together. Excuse me. I've taken classes of his. Um, him, uh, Ken, uh, Ken Scott from Provectus Group. Right. We've run classes with them, and they're really good. So I'd bring those guys because it's laid back. But it's a lot of info, and I've taken classes from them. So, yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, knock out a couple of comments real quick. Ron out there has got us a good question. But uh, Tara out there says, Tony is my favorite gun bunny. I would uh, I would agree. Uh-oh. 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 There we go. <laughs> there's the... Uh, there's the, the bat, uh, the bubble bath patch. Got to love it. Bath patch. Um, and then Tyler kind of following up on what he was talking about. He says, trying to tie positions on gun rights to a bunch of other issues. That's how gun control becomes another thoughtless culture war fight, which is bad because the facts are on our side. So, uh, well written. And uh, I agree with that, Tyler. 100%. Um, turning this into a culture war is a bad move um, because. You're not trying to solve problems. You're just trying to win now. Yeah. Now, well, I think we have to address culture and we have to address society. Um, yes. You know, in a way that honestly, you know, when we get into this, when we talk, start talking about culture and society, this is where myself and many, many people on our side of the program argument get crossways with the NRA. Because I believe that culture and society, um, the fabric that has hit something, I don't want to say the fabric, but something that has definitely made an impact that has held all of that together as much as it has over the decades is the grassroots training, safety, education, range, blah, 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 competitions um, of those arms of the NRA. Um, and I believe that those going bye-bye that quickly um, – is it, there's going to be a vacuum and there's it's going to be problematic um now are they the only game in town they're not the only game in town uh you know i come from two decades of 4-H shooting sports and nothing political at all goes there you're not able to as instructors and coaches even talk about that sort of stuff you're there to teach kids about firearms and how to shoot in competition um and there's tons and tons of other organizations and things out there that do um i think that that um you know, demonizing video games is, is bad. I think that what we should be doing is taking the interest in firearms that comes from video games and being able to 
identify that and follow up with real life education. It's like, oh, you like these firearms in this video game. Well, I just happen to have a few of these. Why don't you come out, come over, whatever, you know, and maybe you're talking to the parents and you're talking about their, their son or, or daughter. Hey, bring them out to the range. Let's meet up. Um, and, you know, we can put some rounds down range with these, right? And then they get to see, the, like you talked about, ex- the whole experience, right? The loud uh, muzzle report, the recoil, the, and they, you know, that's much different than two thumbs on a on a video game, right? Big rattles, yep. Yep. And, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe you're right. Um, I think they get going. And, and, and when you go beyond just the Second Amendment, you start to sound old. Yeah. You start to video games. I'm like, bro, video games today are what action movies were to us when it comes to getting in the firearm. I think, I think so. It's, I think so. Yeah. It's what cowboy movies were to our dads and our grandparents. It's what freaking radio shows we're to their parents in the 20s and 30s. It introduces you to the thing that's part of that entertainment. And if you start demonizing it, you're just going to lose an entire generation. We got 30, 40 year olds that play video games all yeah. the time. Yeah. That don't own yeah. a single firearm. Not one gun. But man, on COD, they have, they slaying people. Right. And then I bring them to my event. Like I have a uh, 1022 that's in a high tower armory chassis uh, that makes it look like a P90 with a right. suppressor on it. Right. Now, <laughs> it's hilarious when you pull this sucker out in Jersey <laughs> and the RSO happens to walk by and catch it out of the corner of his eye. They freak out. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Especially when they're pulling the trigger and it doesn't sound like a five, you know, it doesn't sound like a five seven. It sounds like a suppressed five seven. Well, it's right. shooting 22s. Right. But the kids and adults alike love it because it's inexpensive to shoot. It doesn't have a lot of recoil, which the five seven wouldn't anyway. Yeah. But they're not going to get a hold of a multi thousand dollar five seven in full auto in Jersey. With a suppressor. Right. right. But you get real darn close and you get to have fun with it. And that's where we went. We well, are the fun people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, without, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and that's, you know, that's something too that, you know, you want, you want something. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Right. So you want to. When you're bringing people in, when you're introducing people to firearms for the first time, showing them really cool stuff is fine. Um, but starting with some more rudimentary, fundamental, cost-effective, e- more easily available stuff might be a better approach. Because you know, if you, if you started somebody out with, let's say, an MP5, right? Well, that person's likely never going to be able to own an MP5. But if you start them out with the GSG-522, I'm using a firearm I've got, same context you were. You start them out with a GSG-522, it's like, yeah, these are like 300 bucks, you know? And they're like, what? You know, that's uh, you know, a few months on layaway, and I've got that. And it's like, there you go, you know? There you go. Um, and so it, it, gets them, it gives them the ability to set that goal of, hey, I can have this. This is, it's, it's affordable, it's obtainable, it's fun. Now, let's not dismiss people because I I thought the same. I thought everyone was in that boat. And then I find out, no, there are people that roll with a big knot that make really good money. And when you show them a $3,000.1911, when you show them a higher end AR, they're like, oh, $3,000? That's not bad. I thought it would be a lot more expensive. Right. right. And you're like, yeah. Well, dang. I know, and, uh, I know people who, you know, their very first firearm was, you know, a Kimber or, you know, several thousand dollar rifle. Yep. I do know people like that. But usually you can identify those. And that's where it, it's uh, it's important to pay attention. I mean, the Lord gave you two eyes and two ears versus one mouth. So uh, look, listen, pay attention. A lot of times you can kind of figure out where those people lie, usually yep. by just by the car or the vehicle they pull up in a lot of times. 
will tell you the uh, <laughs> tell you the the uh, monthly income or the yearly income of that person. Usually, it's, it's that, but it's also sometimes people really believe in buy once, cry once. This is true, and and, and they don't want to start with a PSA, which I have many. Um, they they were like, well, how is that? Oh, PSA is a solid rifle. Uh, PSA is really good. I've introduced. Yeah years of people to firearms in my classes with it but you know now all of a sudden i showed them an arrow precision and it's like a little better finish it's this and then i have my friends come from modern materials which is a jersey ar builder that a lot of people know nationwide but joe the, one of the owners has come to my events and volunteered and then you see higher end guns and, and you see the difference in between them if you're willing to look, if you're just there and everything's a gun, have fun too. But sometimes we have gun owners that are like me, like you, you know, you, you don't know everything and see everything. And then all of a sudden you're intrigued by a new maker that you never saw before. And you're not turned off by actually shooting their guns and you go, you know what? Might sell a couple to buy one of these higher end guns because right. man, this thing feels good. Oh right. yeah. Meridian defense AKs. Oh my goodness. Right. Right. <laughs> I did not know. Um, I I shot a Krebs Custom AK before, and I was like, "Yeah, this is well outside of what I'm going to spend." You know what I mean? Right. And then I uh, one of the guys brought a Meridian Defense, and another one did, and I'm like, "These are really well done AKs." If I'm going to step into that realm, I think this is where I want to go with it when I buy my first one. And these are my volunteers. I am the dude hosting this event. And I still got turned on no manufacturer I didn't know about. <laughs> right. Uh, real quick, she fires out there throwing the fire for sure with a uh, ten. That's a ten dollar iPhone, I think is what that is. Super sticker. So uh, thank you, uh, she fires. Appreciate you very much on that. Um, yeah, we've got a we've got a good question from Ron Wayne out there, and uh, that's John Wayne's brother, I think. In case you didn't okay. know, Tony. Uh, but um, and I've got a, I've actually got a follow up with uh, with this one, but uh, I've been hanging on to this one for a little while because it's such a good one. He says, "Question: What is one of your most memorable moments during your diversity shoots, or can you even narrow it down, Tony?" I have a lot of them, and it's really great. Uh... My favorites, of course, with the kids that are shooting guns for the first time. Uh, I had a little girl that I called Jane Wick. Uh, yeah. She came with her mom and dad and her brother. And we all went through and we were shooting. And uh, the little girl, she was shooting clover leaves. With whatever I gave to her, the rounds would touch and she'd never shot a gun before. And I really told her parents, I'm like, look, we, you need to actually start, because I introduced her to uh, some competitor shooters and organizations at the event. I was like, you need to talk to these people and get your daughter involved with rimfire competitions. I was right. like, is it an expensive way to get in? Or air what rifle, you? even, because that's what you got to do. Well, we, we kn I knew we had rimfire competitions at, with yeah. these particular organizations. And I'm like, it's inexpensive to get your first 1022 or whatever. Get her in there because the girl has natural talent and you never know how far she can go. Yep. I thought that was an awesome one. Um, I had a coworker bring his mother because she wanted a bucket list thing to do oh, for her wow. birthday. Nice. And she never shot a gun. And she came and I had her hook up with one of our female instructors that actually ran a uh, women's shooting league. Mm -hmm. And she got introduced to firearms with my Glock 19 because the living in Jersey, we have rules like you you can't bring take your gun to work because you're going out to the range after work. Right. Well, well, this lady, Sherry, came directly from work. She was like, Tony, I don't have a gun. What do you have? I was like, I have my Glock 19, but this lady's a new shooter. She said, I introduced women to firearms only using my Glock 19. She said, I found using a 22 was kind of a waste of time. If she doesn't have a medical problem, they can all learn to shoot on a Glock 19. Sure. So I gave, I gave her my Glock. His mom shot her first gun. was my Glock 19 for her birthday. And she was really happy. She, she told me how great it was, and she couldn't wait to come back. Next time she came, she brought a 16-year-old daughter and three female cousins. 
Wow. And, and that is just the awesomeness that is the diversity shoot. That's what it's about, right? Yep. Um, so I was going to follow up that, and, and real quickly before we do that, there is Pat in the bunker. Uh, Mr. Pat Hurst throwing down uh, another looks like an iPhone 10 spot with a great chat tonight. Well, thank you, Pat. Thank you we appreciate it. We aim to please. Uh, but my follow-up to Ron was going to be if – now, this is New Jersey restrictions apply here, okay? Um, if you could choose one firearm that you do not have to use for the diversity shoot that you could use or have in New Jersey to be able to use, what would that firearm be? Dang. <laughs> what firearm would I have in Jersey if I could at my diversity shoots, like would be the one I could bring? I would go with... There's a lot of stuff out there, but I need something that works. I need something that's dependable. Um, I can't have anything that's crazy and leaves crazy fireballs because that's not a really good thing right? Um, to introduce people to stuff with. So I'm going to go with a higher-end higher end AK. Okay. Higher-end AK, higher-end AR. Uh, only the reason people need to see it. I think AK is a little different. Um, I think they shoot differently. They recoil differently. They might appeal to some people um, because shotguns are out because you can only shoot buckshot or slug in indoor ranges. And I'm not introducing anybody to a firearm. Right. That. I agree. Um, Magnums kind of out mainly because same reason. Um, and again, Jersey legal. So like in PA, we've got Uzis, full auto, We've got right. HKs. We have Tommy guns. Right. And at the end of the night, new shooters have a smile that you can't sandblast off their face when they run a mag through an MP5. Oh, every time. I guarantee you. Yeah. So, yeah, Jersey legal, just a higher end gun so people can see it and see the difference and feel the difference uh, between them. Right. Yeah. Uh, Pat out there, he says we need 3,000 more Tony's best gun buddy around. So. Nice. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to figure out, we've got three more questions. I'm going to try to figure out what order to uh, do these in. We're up around the top of the hour here. Uh, but uh, Tyler says, question. He said, are modern firearms or historical <coughs> firearms more popular at the diversity shoots or, or are they about the same? Depends on what they are. Modern firearms, you know, Glocks, uh, things like that, semi-automatic 9mm handguns, popular because they're popular with everyone. Uh, like we had the alien Largo alien and people enjoyed shooting that they were already firearms owners. So they had a chance to shoot a $5,000 handgun. They appreciated a lot more than someone who'd never shot a gun before. Mm -hmm. But then when I break out the Henry golden boy lever action, right? Everybody's loving that too. So iconic guns, people dig. Uh, when we brought out the Tommy gun, whether it was a semi-auto or the full auto version, people wanted to shoot it because it was in the movies. Yeah. Uh, so it, it depends on what kind of gun it is. I mean, you know, if I brought a, a, a French LaBelle, nobody would care. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I had probably, uh, probably the same way if it was a Lee Enfield or Springfield 1903 or even a Mosin de Gaunt, right? But yeah, a Garand, no, I'm wondering like a, a 30 carbine or a Garand one. You know, they may, bought, with video games, they may like those. One of my guys, I love Orlando, because he was always bringing cool stuff, brought a M1A Scout Squad. Nice. And 18-inch barrel, 7.62 by 51 or 308. And it's easy to shoot regardless of your size. So I had a five foot one. One of our instructors, 5'1", she loved it. Um, I had a great time with it. Actually, he ended up calling it my girlfriend. He's like, hey, I brought your girlfriend to the event. Um, it's nice. an easy-to-shoot firearm. It has that classic M1 Garand look. It has the classic M14 look. And because it's semi-auto, it eats up a lot of the recoil, and it still creates a kind of cool fireball. Right. It, yeah. And uh, it, was a, it was a hit. It was a hit. Nice. Uh, real quick, Chris from the 740 with a 10 spot. Great chat, guys. Thank you 
Very much, sir. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, going on to the uh, next one here. We've got uh, what are your repeat customer rates, people that return for the two-way shoot, and do they bring people with them? You spoke a little bit about that earlier. Many of them bring people with them. When someone's coming for the first time and they're coming stag or solo, I don't know if people use even the term stag anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> by yourself coming, that's by yourself people by yourself um they're usually bravest people in their social circle so they come a couple of times or the first time by themselves the second time they invite a couple people by the third time they've talked about it so much they got like two or three people with them so uh we have a good return rate and because we have them more often now, and I put it out further out from the event, they have more time to tell their friends about it. So I think that's the really cool thing. Like this year, I have my entire calendar full of my regulars, uh, regular uh, ranges that I host at. So at next Thursday's event on June 9th, I can tell them every date for 2022, there's going to be a gun for higher range. Nice. You know, I got August, October, and December. I'm going to be a gun for high range. So they can write it down, and they, they are well ahead of the power curve. Right, right. And also try to get them to join and follow me on Instagram, so I'll shoot them a message. Sure. Hey, coming up in two weeks. Right, right. Um, and then G-Webs, he says, what is the next adventure for Tony? So that one's open-ended. Next adventure for Tony is trying to find a house in the next six weeks. <laughs> um, that's that's a hell of an adventure. Right. Um, right. And also, this is going to be turned into a 501c3. That's also what this fundraising is for. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, I have some housekeeping duties, like my laptop finally died. Thank you, Artisan Tony, because he donated that laptop to me. It was one of his older ones. Mm -hmm. But it, it finally kicked a bucket. So I need that because it's really hard to do everything through your telephone now. It is. Um, At least for older guys. <laughs> yeah. Dude. It's like, I'm trying to do paperwork on the phone. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, the kids can do it. I mean, they can tether it to a printer and do all this other crazy. And I'm like, no, just give me a computer, a laptop, something with a computer. Give me a laptop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, that, that's what I'm working on. And I uh, also trying to get corporate sponsorships. Again, it's about funding at this point because I'm hosting them so quickly. Um, you know, <clears throat> when you host it every two months, I had Patreon that would come on a monthly basis. So I'd have funds and a, a buffer right. between right. between buying pizza, buying ammo, all that, looking for ammo sponsors because that gets expensive. And then anytime post-active shooter, there's a run on ammo. And it just jacks the price up. I mean, if you think about it, five, five, six went up from thirty cent around to at a time a dollar around. Now it's back down to sixty to seventy cent around. Right. But that's still twice as much as it was. It is. Yeah. And it's like I still have to give these people a positive shooting experience. I can't do it five rounds of magazine because that kind of sucks. Yeah. So we try to do ten. Yeah. We try to do ten rounds of mag and get people to run through each port. And then if we have time, they can come back through. You don't want to be a cheapskate, but you don't want to go broke. Right. So right. as much as I enjoy people shooting full auto in Pennsylvania, thank goodness I'm only doing Pennsylvania every other month. So make sure make sure you hang around on the ammo front, Tony. Hang around till the uh till the for the after chat, if you would. Uh I want to hit you up. Not live, but I want to hit you up on something since you brought that up, if you don't mind. Um yeah. For, for those out there that are curious, because I know there were some people that came in late, down below you'll find the website, diversityshoot.com. You will find Tony's Instagram, which he will be launching that fundraiser tomorrow. Follow the Instagram, watch the Instagram for that. And also the Patreon, which he talked about. Uh, if you want to kick in a few bucks or whatever every month, you can do that, of course, uh, on, over there on the Patreon. Um, what did we forget, Tony? What do we need to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, I'll give you the floor for a minute if you need it. Well, uh, we did the Patreon. We did the money thing, which is really great. If you guys can help me out, I really appreciate it. Um, if you come to diversityshoot.com, or excuse me, if you come to uh, uh, my social media, please share my post. That's a problem. Look for me, share the post, and get the word out. 
and it just helps us grow and it breaks the algorithm, which really, again, being pro-gun in today's environment post a tragedy is rough. Right. So just just share the post. Matter of fact, not just my post, but any pro-gun people that are putting in advocacy work, share theirs. If you're going to show me your sandwich that you had for lunch every day, share a pro-2A post too. That's all. Right. Here it helps. Um, Tony, as always, it's a pleasure. Thank you, sir. For, Thank you uh, for having me on. I appreciate and, everybody in the chat. And uh, and having a conversation. You know you're welcome back anytime. And yep. uh, look forward to the uh, to the next show, the meetup we can have. I owe you a cupcake, I think, and uh, and obviously a, a hug. So uh, with, uh, with that said, this one is, uh, yeah, we're on the backslide. This one's done. So. Thanks for joining us. If you are in the uh, audio or video replay for over an hour now, you're a trooper uh, for everyone that dropped the super chats uh, again, that are a YouTube channel member, uh, a Patreon patron, not just mine, but of Tony's too. Uh, that shop clovertech.com that do all the things to help support everybody out here doing their thing. Quite honestly, thank you very much. Uh, and until next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom. We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out Clovertack.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Clovertack Podcast.